0: or I'm going to stay on this creepy planet with burgers that are made out of me meat and that is dark as hell.
1: Oh, the term me burger? Not my favorite phrase.
0: Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is our resident science fiction expert, Ella Kopakin. Now, before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the books we review, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come right back to this episode. My goal is to have you read these books with us so you can participate in the conversation. At the beginning of each month, I outline the books we will be reviewing, so whether you want to read one, none, or all of them, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely to opinionated amateur readers. You may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but I hope this podcast is fun to listen to, no matter how you like your books. So, without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week, we read Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Reads Ella, uh, this is going to be a very fun episode, so I'm happy you're here.
1: I'm so happy to be here, Jenna. Start to finish, what a book. What a
0: book. There's a lot to get into, so let's just start off. So uh, we're talking here about Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, published in 2021, got a 4.5 out of 5 on Goodreads. No, I didn't. Sure did. A little bit about Andy Weir. He is a former computer programmer. His claim to fame is a 2009 short story that got significant attention called The Egg. And it is said to inspired Logic's album, Everybody. Didn't know that. And then his first published novel, The Martian, was adapted into a film starring Matt Damon and Jessica Chastain, which was released in 2015. And he also has a fear of flying. So he never went to set to see everything
1: going on with like the Martian. All of this is so starting to add up for the book.
0: Yeah, let's get into the summary, and then I have a few fun facts after that. And also, I'm not even going to bother with the characters. We have Rylan Grace. He is the astronaut in the uh, the plane, in the the rocket, in the spaceship, and he's all by himself and his two dead crewmates. And then he has an alien friend that he meets named Rocky.
1: Well, that he names Rocky.
0: That he names Rocky. That's all you really need to know. And you have Strat. There you go
1: who like is the head of Project Hail Mary.
0: Project Hail Mary with no science experience at all. So that's great. Yep. Here's our summary. Ryland Grace is the sole survivor on a desperate, last chance mission. And if he fails, humanity and Earth itself will perish. Except that right now, he doesn't know that. He can't even remember his own name, let alone the nature of his assignment or how to complete it. All he knows is that he's been asleep for a very, very long time, and he's just been awakened to find himself millions of miles from home with nothing but two corpses for company. His crewmates dead, his memory fuzzily returning. Ryland realizes that an impossible task now confronts him, hurtling through space on this tiny ship. It's up to him to puzzle out an impossible scientific mystery and conquer an extinction-level threat to our species. And with the clock ticking down and the nearest human being being light years away, he's got to do it all alone. Or does he?
1: Oh, I mean, I see you already have your glass of white wine. I to say, I found this, uh, it's
0: like a white blend. I don't know, I got it from... Trader Joe's for probably $5. So it's, it's great.
1: It's honestly pretty good. That's the apt wine to be drinking for this book. I am drinking tequila mixed with seltzer. Guys, we're gonna level with you. Neither of us liked this book.
0: Okay, I wrote this down. I said I hated this book when I finished it. But as I sat talking with Casey about it, I think I started to try to like it more and more. I started to explain the plot, explain what was going on. I read a few lines that I had uh, highlighted, and I was like, it's funny. It's an interesting plot. And then I keep thinking back, and I was like, but boy, did I hate reading it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But boy, was it so not entertaining.
0: (laughs) Okay, was there, I I guess I should say, let's just start off on a positive note. Was there anything that you did like about this book?
1: I'm really going to have to rack my brain here. I guess i i really really there was nothing i liked about this book i don't like any part of this book i'm sorry i just don't
0: no it's okay so what i did was i i went through goodreads and i went through about 10 or so reviews i looked at both good and bad and here here are the common themes the bad said the narrator was annoying the science was too much what was the other thing? The characters were very caricature-like. So the Russians were very like what typical Americans think of Russians. Yes. Yeah, stereotypical things. And then the positive reviews were all die-hard Andy Weir fans. <laughs> ah, okay. Even some of the Andy Weir fans said that this book was trying a little bit too hard to be like Martian 2.0. Okay. And so they were like, this narrator is pretty much the narrator from The Martian, just less interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, it's such a bold choice to be like, I'm going to make him a teacher. And not only is he going to be a teacher, he's going to be a grade school teacher. And not only is he going to be a grade school teacher, but he's going to be one of those really annoying teachers that doesn't like ever curse or have a life outside of school. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to tell you anything about his life in general, i.e. a love life or like what kind of food he likes or I don't know anything that would constitute a personality. And then on top of it to be like, okay, not only is he gonna be the central character, but we're just not gonna, we're not gonna give you anybody else. Not even the alien is gonna be interesting. How do you make an alien uninteresting? See, I liked Rocky.
0: He became interesting to me when he risked his life to save... I don't even remember his name, Rylan. (laughs) I I thought he was interesting then. I genuinely don't really know what he was supposed to look like.
1: Oh my God, that was the other part of it. What constituted Rocky? I saw it as like a robot. He had like a
0: robot body with like little arms and like the jazz hands. (laughs)
1: God, guys, this book was so hard to get through. I literally, my copy, I don't know about yours, Jenna, but my copy was like 450 pages. And I literally was trudging. Through 50 pages a day. Actually, okay, talking about any elements that we loved. In the beginning, you're like, oh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. This guy is woken up on a spaceship. He has no idea who he is. And then, okay, Earth's dying. Okay, cool. But then, I don't know about you, but the fact that the bacteria that was killing the the sun and therefore the Earth being called astrophage was so cringy to me. (laughs) Every time I read the word, I wanted to close my eyes. I could not handle the fact that it was. It's called Astrophage. And then, like you were saying, the caricature thing, everything was so, to me, it was as though Andy Weir said, okay, here's what I think the basic outline of a science fiction novel looks like. And I'm not going to go any deeper. Yeah. Even how he approached Rocky, it was so, like, weirdly colonial. It was like, I don't know what gender this thing is, so I'm just going to call it a he. And I don't really want to bother pronouncing Rocky's actual name, so I'm just going to call it Rocky. And I'm just going to pretend that this guy is my best friend, even though he does not really get a say in the matter here. And that's going to be it.
0: Yeah. And I think... Uh, I I think my favorite parts of the book was when Rocky just roast Rylan yes <laughs> he's like oh you're on drugs you're stupid
1: go to bed <laughs> thank you yeah Rocky but like also that was the other part of it is actually Rylan's just an awful nerd and I don't mean that as in like oh what a lame guy I mean it as in like he's just not a nice dude like he just can't see past himself
0: well, and I think what you, you brought up toward the beginning where we don't know anything about him. So I have zero emotional connection to this guy. I do not care. Mm, facts. So when that, when that plot twist of him, like not, he's be- on that ship against his will. I was like, that is a sick plot twist, but it's wasted on this guy. Cause we were like, yeah, he deserved it.
1: <laughs> no, genuinely. And also by the way, what are- your decision to do to your character who's already so unlikable then having it be like and by the way he didn't want to save you he doesn't care about you you don't care about him and he doesn't care about you great i have no investment in this then
0: and then (laughs) to even tack on to that that he is like he doesn't care about earth he doesn't want to save us and then you're like already pissed off about that and then he ends up just staying on the other planet
1: yeah his, like, grand thing is, I kind of know that Earth is saved because I'm doing this thing very loosely, but I don't really care one way or the other, so I'm just gonna go to Rocky's planet. What do you mean? Th- then, then he ends up surviving by replicating his own skin and like meat it's so fucking oh excuse my language but it is just small and gross
0: yeah you can't you can't cuss especially with him
1: he he doesn't cuss so you can gosh darn gosh darn it that's the thing is he didn't even talk like someone who doesn't curse he talks like a radio dj in the 1940s like <laughs> yes
0: oh no but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna skip over that uh that cannibalism we threw in at the end. Oh, just that dash of cannibalism? I'm sorry. No, we could figure out other ways. That didn't have to be it. But also, like, you say that you they created four beetles because probably not all of them are going to make it back.
1: Okay, also, what is the beetle? What is, I don't understand what the beetles are. I, I
0: see it as like a, a lifeboat from a big cruise ship. Okay. But then it was like, it just uses the stars. And like, <laughs> no, <laughs> they're like, it doesn't need like all this, you know, heavy equipment to like navigate. It's just going to like use the stars and kind of like guess it's way back. And then I'm like, they're not all predicted to make it back are you gonna like risk the fate of the planet to these four beetles and you're gonna go save your friend great that's whatever I, I liked Rocky so I was non Rocky to live so fine but like once you're good to go you would be like yeah let me go back to the planet that has food that has people that has light or I'm gonna stay on this creepy planet with
1: burgers that are made out of me meat and that is dark as hell oh the term me burger not my favorite phrase there were so So many words in this book that I was like, Andy, we could have done anything else having your main character be someone who says gosh darn and golly and heck and then being the guy in the room who makes all the lame jokes. Oh my god dude, pick a different lane. I don't like this person.
0: Yeah, there was a great review that pretty much just said this was oh, here we go. Ryland Grace is a character felt pretty much like a non-foul mouthed Mark Watney. Other than that the voice of his narrative felt very similar to Mark Watney, whether it's a good thing or not. Who is
1: Mark Watney?
0: So Mark Watney is the main character of the Martian, his other book. Oh, okay. So he's, that's what I'm saying. Like he was trying to do it again. Funny, relatable narrator. But when you make this narrator
1: not cuss, you're like, fuck this guy. (laughs) Here's the thing is that ultimately the end goal of the novel is like, he doesn't actually care about humanity, really. He doesn't get along with people. The only people he gets along with are children, and he only like kind of half cares about them. So if you were trying to make a Martian part two, fine, but you're making somebody who doesn't care about the planet that he's saving to the point where he didn't even want to go on this mission. So why would I care about this person? No
0: this is what this is what needed to happen Here's the book I would read somebody steal it somebody give me a credit so this exact storyline he wakes up doesn't know who he is gets all these bits of information i like that i like how we're getting fed information bit by bit i like because it breaks it also breaks up the ryland monologue which i'm not fan of but make this guy likable first of all but make him like oh wow he's trying to do good for his planet he's trying to save earth oh my gosh he's the good guy then feed in information that's like Oh shit, no he's actually the bad guy. Of him being like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not going to like risk my life for earth. Uh uh-uh. uh, make him this like this evil character and then have that flashback and be like, "Oh my god, what what did I do?" And then there you go. He's like the evil character, but then he's turned good in the ship because he doesn't remember who he is.
1: I would read that.
0: Cuz then you have that struggle, but right now he's just not likable and he's trying to be like too oh shucks.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing he's not a person. No one is like this. Like, I've had teachers. We have all had teachers. Never did I assume that any of my teachers were as quote unquote good as they were in the classroom. Like, I don't remember any teachers ever having to make some sort of pact with humanity where they have to be do-gooders who don't curse their whole lives and have like no sex and only are committed to the people that they teach. Like, excuse me?
0: Yeah, like fine,
1: make this guy asexual. That's the thing, make the bold choice. Make him asexual. Then all of this would make sense, but he's not asexual so it doesn't make sense. No, because then you have... the.
0: Okay, I'll... Ugh. Also, they... (laughs) Now I'm getting heated. So they have that whole, like, bit where they're, like, Strat and you, like, you're together, and he's like, what? No. What the heck? What? No. Make that a storyline. That's interesting. And then make them have this, like, relationship, and then, oh, shit, all of a sudden she turns on him, sends him into space. Do
1: that. Interesting. But then also, the part that really threw me off guard was there are two other astronauts who end up having a a sexual relationship, and (laughs) they talk talk about it like no human being who has ever spoken about sex in their lives. (laughs) Literally they have this guy say just so you know Ryland her and I have started a sexual affair it's great. We're having a lot of sex and it's awesome. And then she comes into the room and is like oh yeah did you want to have sex after this meeting? In what? (laughs) what? Like I too would feel like Ryland in those shoes because I would be like no one talks like this. I've never heard anyone have a relationship like this
0: oh my god I know I want I want to try to find that part because that was probably the funniest thing I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find it this book is too thick
1: this book is too thick and it has too many things going wrong
0: yeah but you're right that was because like even the most like intellectual person like even like you think of Sheldon on Big Bang Theory like he's not gonna talk like that
1: no didn't no one in this book know how to read a social cue also, can we can we touch can we touch on the,
0: fa- the fact that that this Russian astronaut wanted to die of a heroin overdose.
1: Oh, let's talk about that. Can we please talk about that? Let's talk about the whole death scenario. So they're going on a suicide mission, and all of them get to choose how they wanna die. One chooses a gun to the head, which is so Intense, but fine. The other one chooses what did the other one choose? Nitrogen,
0: nitrogen suffocation or something. Like he pretty much is just gonna pump a bunch of nitrogen into his spacesuit and then his space, and then like when you inhale just pure nitrogen, you pretty much knock out and then you die. So it's a very peaceful way of going. Right.
1: And then the third person chooses heroin. But she doesn't just want to overdose on heroin immediately. She wants it to be a pleasurable experience. So she's going to slowly take little increments of heroin throughout the trip so that she can get addicted to it and have the proper side effects before she dies. She And she goes
0: into all the effort of saying like, oh yeah, and I know <laughs> this feels like he just pulled it out of a book. He was like, oh, what is heroin like? Let me just Google.
1: He saw train spotting one time and said, <laughs> hmm, I'm going to work this into this book. It just sounded like
0: Ice Cube on Criminal Minds. of I, This person takes... Like, the first shot of heroin is the best. You feel great. And then after that, it's downhill. And so she's,
1: like, literally <laughs> explaining that. It's dialogue un- unlike anything I've ever heard before. Because it genuinely... She goes, and I know that you don't get addicted to it right away, so I'm going to need to take it over time. So let's make sure to work that into my thing. Because also... The other part of this book that we haven't discussed that is absolutely just true insanity is the entire world, every single country, has decided that one person is going to be in charge of the mission of saving all of Earth. And that person gets an unlimited amount of money from every single company around the world to create a curated mission to save humanity, and she's a Belgian person with no doctorate. She got her bachelor's degree in
0: history. Hey. Okay. I know know you're a history major.
1: (laughs) Listen, history majors have value, guys. Wouldn't say I'm the most qualified person to save the world, though. I was going to say, would you get
0: up there and you would, you know, band together the most famous and most smart scientists of the world to save the world? No? No. I'd leave that to someone else. Also, tacking onto this, now this is just becoming a book roast. Can we also talk about the court case? The copyright court case that was just thrown in the middle of this whole thing, and Strat just goes, whatever, fuck you guys, walks out. She was like, I don't have to handle this. I am exempt from all all law.
1: Yeah, so that means that means that they got together an entire jury judge courtroom scene because I don't even remember what she was being sued for, but she's being sued for something. Yeah,
0: she was being sued for copyright because they wanted to give all the astronauts literally every book, song, movie, TV show ever made so that they can like draw on that information.
1: So, which also, and we're doing that, I guess, how? Because that couldn't be done, but fine, fine. Let's leave that aside. She walks in with no lawyer and says, I have total authority on everything. And I've been given that authority by every single country, including the one, assumedly, that's suing us right now. Like, I don't, I just need, I need to take a deep breath. Because every time I read a page of this book, I want to punch someone in the face.
0: Okay, so, last thing we should probably talk about before we get final readings ratings, before we actually, um explode. How did Rylan learn Rocky's language? Because he literally speaks in sounds and they don't have the same items he can't see. You can't put a clock in front of Rocky and have him be like oh we have something similar and go grab his own clock because he doesn't know what a
1: fucking clock is. He can't see it. There are so many things that are so convoluted about this which by the way for a book that is literally half dedicated if not more to explaining Scientific jargon that none of us care about, it still makes no sense. So you're saying that humans, astrophage, which is the bacteria that is attempting to kill the sun and humans, and then also Rocky's people are all evolved from the same matter. Okay, fine, chill. Then you're telling me that everything Rocky eats is poisonous? To humanity. And not only that, Rocky can't see. And Rocky speaks in musical notes. So... And and he lives in a different atmosphere to the atmosphere that we live in. So you can't ever be in the same room with each other. You don't see each other. So you can't visually communicate. And you can only verbally communicate. But then you speak not an entirely different language, but just an entirely different frequency. And somehow you learn the language and go live on the planet? Like, excuse me, sir?
0: And somehow you, like, put it into your computer and
1: it just translates for you? Yeah, I mean, that's the ironic thing here is that you have to explain so many scientific facts, but when it comes to learning each other's language, it's easy breezy. It's basically one click. He'll like talk about
0: hit them like talking to each other and then he'll like skip a bunch of time and be like, and then once like Rocky and I started to like learn each other's languages and it was like,
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> he was focusing on the totally wrong aspects of being an astronaut, discovering an alien. And also, oh my God. Okay. I'm sorry. This is the last point that we have to talk about before we move on to final ratings. Okay. Have you ever read a book in which someone felt the need to say, Oh my god! I'm discovering an alien! I am the first person who's discovering an alien! (laughs) Oh my god! I'm learning the alien's language! We are not idiots. We are your audience. You do not need to explain what is happening if you are writing it down. I can read, therefore... You don't need to provide exposition for every single scene. No, I agree. Everything was, like,
0: spelled out for you. Every science experiment was spelled out for us. We don't need to know that. This book could have been 100 pages and would have been better. Which
1: brings me to, I just have to say, for for diehard listeners here, you may remember our first episode, which was Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. And Blake Crouch famously was not me, my... Jenna's favorite author. And he had this to say about the book. It can be found on the back of the hardcover copy of this book. Thrilling doesn't even begin to describe Project Hail Mary, which is undisputedly the best book I've read in a very, very long time. Chock full of mind-blowing science in death-defying situations that made *We're a star with The Martian, this tour de force even transcends that work.
0: Whoa. Yeah. See, like, but I could see science nerds, like, gobbling this thing up. But,
1: like, there's also a quote from George R.R. Martin back here of Game of Thrones, Spain, who famously <laughs> writes fantasy and not science fiction. And he loved this book. I don't understand.
0: Can we add that, um, we are two young women in our 20s. Those men are two old white dudes.
1: Yeah, the cis white male-ness of this book. It's off the charts in a bad way.
0: Yeah. Hold on. That brings me to one of my favorite reviews on Goodreads that I read. Baby said, gave it two stars. She goes, you could not have prized this out of my hands initially. However, somewhere around the 60% region, it got bogged down by too many flash fires, while our protagonist, Rylan Grace, the ultimate Gary Sue, and <laughs> the purveyor of all things space, biology, physics, chemistry, engineering, math, music, language, etc., got progressively more f- fascist and entertain and irritating. <laughs> Like a modern-day John McClane, but in space. (laughs) And with Astrovage as the villain, the bumbling white guy who we all know will save the day, he even saved the aliens. Imagine that. The only good part about this book was Rocky the Iridian.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Thank you, BB. Shook. So um, I also just want to end on this one quote. I'll end on a positive note. This part was the only part in the book that I highlighted that had me laughing. Right. Uh, This is Rylan talking, and he goes, I can't imagine explaining sleep to someone who has never heard of it. Hey, I'm going to fall unconscious and hallucinate for a while. By the way, I spend a third of my time doing this, and if I can't do it for a while, I go insane and eventually die. No need for concern. It's funny. It had the bones. It had a few bits. Yeah. It just completely missed. The 4.5 on Goodreads just blows my mind.
1: I mean, we have read some really good books on this show that have barely graced above a three on Goodreads. Yeah. It's just the
0: land of the unknown. Nobody quite knows what's going on over there. Let's just, let's just move on, final ratings. Let's get this thing over with. I found that, again, Goodreads, thank you. Um, I pulled this, which I think captures my heart. Um, overall, this book was fun, even though it got carried away with scientific details. However, that's about it for being enjoyable. It lacked depth and fleshed out characters. And I think that's it. The science did not intrigue me. The plot really intrigued me. The plot twist of him not like being there against his will, that's intriguing the like space craziness is cool. Um, I'm a space nerd, so like I like that. But it it just missed the mark in every other thing, and it made this book so hard to read. I even tried listening to it. It's even worse on audiobook. So, yeah. I'm gonna give it a 2. Solid. (laughs) It was at a 3.5, and then I like, and then I started like writing down my notes, and then I dropped it down to a 3, and then I started talking with you and I dropped it down to a 2.5, and now I'm like you know what, I really didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> two, two
1: it is. <laughs> All right, your turn. Yeah, so I'm going I'm to tell y'all a little story really quickly to give you my final rating. Uh, when I was in 12th grade, we had to read Jane Eyre. And I have never disliked a book more in my life than when I had to read Jane Eyre. Famously, that book can be summed up by the fact that her favorite color is gray. (laughs) And I thought, there can't be a more unlikable character than Jane Eyre. And then I read this book. And turns out there is one. Uh, His name is Ryland Grace. I'm giving it a one. It's amazing it's even getting that much from me. I truly have never wanted to give a book zero stars before. And I feel such a visceral urge to do so, but I will give it a one because I'm a nice person, unlike Ryland Grace. Oof. <laughs> That's the end for me. Just fire.
0: <laughs> we just need to give you like really like hardcore rock music under that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. So let's just get into our pairings. I'll start. For wine, I chose the Moon X wine from Trader Joe's because it's a moon. It's space. I really like the wine, though, so I feel like it's kind of doing a disservice, but I just honestly picked it because it says moon. And then TV show, I have two options. So I did Space Force (laughs) and I did... Lost in space, because that's kind of like a mystery of how this family ends up in space kind of deal and what they're finding out there. Space Force is just a a band of misfits trying to figure out space, and that feels about right. Yep. For the book, I chose The Martian, because I feel like that's, it's a ripoff of The Martian. (laughs) For the movie, I said either Gravity, Um, it had about the same amount of intrigue as Gravity did for myself. And then I also did Guardians of the Galaxy because it kind of gives that, like, snarky, like, alien-type feel.
1: Those are great pairings. Those are really great pairings, which is really hard to do with such a horrid book. The only science fiction book I've ever read that I've been like, this is one of the best things that's ever existed is 2001 A Space Odyssey by Arthur C. Clarke. So I'm just going to recommend that. That book rules. That book absolutely rules. As far as alcohols go... I guess I'm going to recommend any gin because I hate gin. And so I'll recommend an alcohol I hate for a book I hate. (laughs) As far as a TV show goes, have you ever had the ultimate pleasure of watching regular show, Jenna? No. Okay. Well, regular show is actually an iconic show that I was obsessed with as a child, but fully can be enjoyed as an adult. But it's about this bird named Mordecai and this raccoon named Rigby, and they work at a park. Early shows have nothing to do with space, but the later shows, the park gets taken over by this dome and like there are scientists that work on it. And the park ends up going to space and it got gets really repetitive and way too scientific and totally ruins the show. So that kind of made me think of Project Hail Mary. So watch the later seasons of regular show if you're looking for a sort of grading vibe. And then finally for the movie... I will recommend Real Genius, which is a 1980s Val Kilmer film. that is actually really good and is about like a lovable doofus who saves the world. And he's a scientific genius. So if you want a version of this book that actually has like cussing and sex and genuine humor and an entertaining hero watch Real Genius instead of reading this book.
0: There it is. Thanks so much for listening. If you've stuck with us this far, we'll be back hopefully with a better book uh, next time. So
1: we will a hundred percent everyone. I'm so sorry if you were one of the people who have read this book. And if you haven't, and you decided to listen to this, don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. And if you enjoyed it, come on to our Instagram and fight us. We want to hear it. I want to hear your perspective so badly, and I mean that so sincerely. Alrighty. Love you. Bye.
0: Love you. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now. If you want more book related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at RW Reads Podcast. Again, that's at R W R E A D S P O D C A S T. And next Tuesday, Abby and I will be discussing The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by our favorite Taylor Jenkins Reid. So you really won't want to miss it. Until next week, please keep your And next Tuesday, Abby and I will be discussing the book that took over our bookstagrams, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's another one of our favorite. You really won't want to miss it. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all.